Go to everydaynovelist.com slash support to join the madness. <laughs> Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Today I'm doing a follow-up. I'm taking it upon myself to do a follow-up to the adult mindset episode that Ed had occasioned last week in a follow-up to the Buildings Roman. I had said during the Buildings Roman episode that the basic point of the Buildings Roman is getting people, getting your main character to adopt an adult mindset. And Ed asked, what is an adult mindset, by your way of thinking? And I hemmed and hawed and talked around the issue for about 15 minutes, and till I finally settled on it's basically being able to accept reality for what it is and work from there, instead of uh, imposing your, uh, your expectations on it, mm-hmm. prima facie. And while that's true, there's a piece of that I think is worth calling out specifically. And that is moral development. Jean-Paul Piaget and then later Lawrence Kohlberg, both uh, psychologists, developed this model of moral reasoning um, and the developmental stages that moral reasoning passes through and um, how that evolves over a healthy life. Stage one is basic authoritarianism. It's okay if uh, you do what you're going to get rewarded for and you don't do what you're going to get punished for. Um, and if you're not going to get punished for it, then, hey, you can get away with doing it. You know? mm. Stage two is the um, what they call the instrumental orientation, where you're looking at the gain that you can get out of something. Um, you know, should you sleep with your neighbor's wife? Well... If she's up for it, why not? That's kind of your stage two reasoning. This is, you know, like seven-year-old reasoning, kind of. I don't well, think most seven-year-olds have that. <laughs> Steve, uh, take, take the candy from your brother. Okay. Yeah, it's good candy, and he's not going to notice, so why not? Um, stage three is where you get really um, concerned about appearing to be a good person. You want to be a nice boy or a nice girl. You want to have a good reputation, to be thought of as dependable and trustworthy and good and that sort of thing. Stage four is the law and order orientation, where you're chiefly concerned with duty and um, the priorities of one duty against another, saving a life versus protecting property, that sort of thing. And that's the way that you think about things, is this lawful good or lawful neutral or lawful evil, that kind of thing. Stage five is where you do a social contract. Um, This is what is acceptable in this civilization at this time, and because this is what's socially acceptable, this is what's right. And stage six is, Kohlberg called it universal ethical principles. Um, Piaget called it post-conventional moral reasoning. And I don't like Kohlberg's explanation of this because Kohlberg's explanation of this is uh, 
it assumes facts not in evidence. It assumes that there's kind of a right thing at all times and all places. And that's just an extension of the social contract theory. Uh, it's a universalization of the social contract theory. Piaget's final stage is the post-conventional. And it's what we would call situational ethics. It's where you have your ethical principles, you've worked them out, they take into account the civilization you're in, the law and order issue, the duty issue, the um, utilitarian issue, the desire issue, all those things. But inherent in the post-conventional is a recognition that you're going to come into contact with moral choices that are not good choices. There is such a thing as a choice of evils, or a choice of goods, what, which is the basis of tragedy, is having to choose between two more mutually exclusive good things. The confrontation with tragedy, I think, is the defining moral element of the adult mindset. It's very easy, when we're younger, to imagine that there is a way that everything can work out for everybody, where only the bad people will hurt and only the good people will prosper. And when you talk about moralism and ideology infecting a culture, what you're talking about is that kind of naive idealism taking the place of reality in your model. This is where teenagers tend to be. This is where most people are in their early 20s. And this is what some people never get past. Mm. The collision with tragedy... The understanding that despite the fact that you may have what you consider to be an eternal or universal moral code, it still can't cover everything. That there are still things that just are, that have to be dealt with, that you can't get moralistic about, or you're going to make the situation worse. That, to my way of thinking, is one of the basic things that defines the adult mindset and the ability to switch between the levels as is necessary. There are some times when you do, especially like, you know, when you're raising a child, where you have to be able to articulate things in a childish way, where you have to be able to look at the moral situation in a childish way. Sometimes when you're raising a child, sometimes when you're dealing with people who think like children. And there, but there are a lot of times, more times in life where Life just isn't that simple. And an adult, someone who is fully adult all the way through, should be able to face up to situations like that, even when they hate them, and cope. So the moral development aspect of a Bildungsroman, and we talked about in previous episodes, the Bildungsroman being the process of reconciling oneself to one's society, and the formation of an adult mindset that accepts life the way it is, even when it doesn't agree with your worldview. The third important component of that adult mindset is understanding the moral fuzziness, understanding and accepting the moral fuzziness of the universe and of the human condition. There are things that simply will never be all good or all bad, but that have to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're in the unenviable position of having to make those choices or to do things that are not 
that are a mix of what you would consider good and evil because it's simply the best you can do in the situation you're in. And accepting that that's the case, being willing to take responsibility for it, that's the essence of adulthood. And I thought that was worth doing its own episode on. Short, though it be. <laughs> so, uh, Ed, this one's for you. Hope you liked it. Uh, as always, if any of you disagree with me violently, feel free to send it in. I'll be happy to read it on air and react to it, or just read it and let it be. Uh, this conversation is one of the things in my life that I love, the conversation with you guys. So uh, that's the last episode we've got questions for, so please send more in uh, so we can keep going. And we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation, submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat, or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.